So what are four lessons I learned in 2022 that I want to bring with me into 2023? And how can these lessons help you in your life as well? That's what we're going to be talking about today in this episode of the More Than a Pastor Show. Let's get started. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the More Than a Pastor Show. I'm Rich Avery, your host. Hey, it's really great to see you this week. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate the time you spend with me uh, each week as we take your skills, experience, and ministry know-how and look for ways to leverage them into sustainable income outside the church through a business or side hustle that's just right for you so you can serve God and provide for your family no matter what. If you're new to the show, you can learn more about me, get the show notes for today's episode, and download some free resources to help you grow your income and build financial security over at my website, morethanapastor.com slash 41 for episode 41. In today's show, I want to share four lessons I learned in 2022 that I want to bring with me into 2023. You know, I really feel like January is like the the most basic time of the year when people uh, look back over the past year and look forward to the next year. Uh, The Month of January is named for Janus, the Roman god of beginnings and endings. And maybe you've seen pictures of him being depicted as uh, someone who's looking forward and looking backward at the same time. So I think it seems fitting to take some time here in early January to review some key lessons I learned in 2022 and look for um, ways to implement uh, what I've learned last year that I want to carry forward into the new year. Now, these aren't so much things I didn't know in the past or had never experienced, but things that I've relearned in the last year or realized again uh, that they are important to me and I want to give them more attention and focus here in 2023. So here are four things, four lessons I learned in 2022 to bring with me into 2023. First one is this, consistency is a key ingredient for growth and success. Consistency is a key ingredient for growth and success. Hey, would you ever launch a new church without hosting regular gatherings or worship services? Probably not, eh? You don't build a church if you have gatherings every now and then, whenever you feel like it, or when you uh, feel like the Lord's given you a message to share that particular day. And I'm learning it's the same thing with starting a business as well. There's something about consistency which creates momentum and helps to grow whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're launching a church or launching a business. And I've known for some time that I need to be more intentional in planning out the content uh, that I want to create for this show and the interviews that I want to do so that I can release more episodes on a weekly basis. So that's one thing that I've just really settled on, that I want to commit myself to being more consistent in 2023, recognizing that consistency is a key ingredient for growth and success. And I just wonder, would you agree with that? Seems like if we do something halfway or inconsistently, it's just not going to grow. Like uh, if we do it on a consistent basis, maybe you've noticed that in your own work or leadership or in your own discipleship. So uh, I've just realized to launch and grow this business, I need to be more consistent And that is one of my goals here for 2023, to create content on a weekly basis. Okay, number two uh, key thing I've learned in 2022 that I want to bring with me to 2023 is this. I'm not helping anyone 
if no one knows what I do. Have you ever known someone who lost a bunch of weight thanks to a certain program that they followed? And now everybody, uh, every day in their Facebook feed, they're talking about this amazing weight loss they had and and uh, how they can help you on your journey to lose weight as well. And there's a point where it's great to share stories and show how your life has been changed and how you can help others too. But if that's all you ever talk about, you may end up sounding pretty salesy and people will start to tune you out. So I've been wary of ever wanting to sound salesy. So I haven't really done a lot to promote my blog or podcast, but I've realized I'm really doing myself and others a disservice because if I have a solution to someone's problem, I'm not helping them if I don't tell them about it, am I? I mean, we can look at that the same way with sharing the gospel. If we have an amazing message that God has given us, we're not helping anybody if we're not sharing that message and showing others how their lives can be impacted by it. And I believe that there are ways to grow a platform and grow a business without sounding salesy or becoming sleazy. So for 2023, I'm going wider with my message of helping pastors discover why now is the time for pastors to find ways to create income outside their church and how to help pastors discover the best income-producing ideas that are right for them. And that is number two, that I'm not helping anybody if no one knows what I'm doing. Number three is to take care of little things before they become big things. Have you ever had a small task or project that was important but not urgent? And so because of that, you just kind of kept putting it off and you know, you'll get to it someday, but you're not really in any hurry to accomplish it. Sometimes we do that with our health or even our relationships and things are just fine until they're not. And then all of a sudden, it seems like things blow up and suddenly the important but not urgent becomes incredibly urgent. But did it really happen just suddenly and overnight? I mean, it was a buildup of things over and over, of, of neglect, of, of putting off, of waiting until someday. And then maybe we waited too late. Well, um, about a year ago, last uh, late winter, early spring, uh, of 2022, our son worked uh, began to remodel the main bathroom in our house. And we knew this project was going to take several months because he was working it in in his spare time. Um, but he and all the other kids came over one day, I think in early February, mid-February, and they, maybe it was late February, but they did demo day and they uh, totally gutted the bathroom, the main bathroom in our home. It's the only bathroom where we have a tub and shower. We do have a half bathroom on our main floor, but this upstairs bathroom um, was the main one that has our tub and shower also. And this, our house was built like in the, the late 1920s or early 1930s. And our bathtub has been the same the entire time since the house was built. It was an old cast iron tub kind of like one of those claw feet tub. I mean, it's that kind of look. It did not have the claw feet. It sat on a base, but it was the same idea of that kind of a white cast iron tub. 
And uh, we knew we definitely wanted to replace that, but we wanted to replace the uh, vanity as well and the toilet and new flooring. And what we ended up doing was actually gutting, you know, our house has plaster walls. And so um, we ended up gutting the whole bathroom, the ceiling, the walls, and then uh, putting in new drywall, a new exhaust fan. And we actually also had a window in that bathroom that we wanted to uh, eliminate because uh, it was the window was right in front of the tub, and so we had to have a shower curtain uh, between the tub and the window, and we just wanted to get rid of that and have uh, an enclosed bathroom or shower, I should say, and tub that was tiled and just looked very nice and modern. So anyway, we knew that it would the demo day would take some time to get it all demoed, and then for our son to slowly begin to put things back together with new insulation, drywall, and then get the plumbers in to do their thing with the tub and to do the tile and all that. We knew it would take some time. Uh, he was able to get us going pretty quickly to be able to use it again, at least the toilet. But for a few weeks, um, we had to we had to go to some other places to take a shower. Um, to visit some of our other sons who have their own places. Um, we were able to use their showers, and uh, that was very helpful. We were so glad to be able to do that. So anyway, it was an adventure for a couple of months while he was putting this bathroom back together, and it looks gorgeous. It's absolutely amazing. And, you know, we say to ourselves, why did we wait so long? I mean, this tub, again, was original to the house, uh, so it was nearly 100 years old. And then um, the vanity in the toilet. The last time the bathroom had been remodeled was in 1990. And that's because the house had had a fire at that time. And that was five years before we bought it. We bought it in 1995. So we've been living there a long time. And this bathroom was tired and needed to be updated. And so we were so glad to have that done. But there was one piece of this project that was my responsibility. And that was to do the painting of the walls and the ceiling and then the painting of the trim, the wood trim that would go around the uh, the door frame and then the baseboards. Um, and so, um, I don't know, back sometime in the summertime, my son uh, was getting ready to install the trim. And so uh, he asked me, you know, could I get it primed and painted before that? And so I did, and that was no big deal. I got the it took a couple of days because it was like really hot and really humid. And so I wanted to be sure to do it well. And so um, um, it, it was a couple of days of priming, of you know, sanding, priming, painting, maybe doing some more sanding and whatnot to get the, the woodwork looking amazing. And then uh, at some point, my son was going to install the woodwork um, on the walls. And that was great. But the problem was I had to come back and do touch-ups because uh, once when he installs the the woodwork, um, the baseboards and the trim around the door, then there's nail holes which need to be filled with putty or something, uh, spackling compound, and then they need to be painted again. And so uh, it ended up that I needed to do that and also to caulk, um, you know, where the wood meets the wall um, needed to be caulked and then, you know, painted and all that. So it ended up being that I decided to redo the walls also to repaint the walls because some of them had been nicked or scratched uh, when we installed this big, beautiful mirror um, above the vanity. So all that to say that the project was like 95% done, but there was this little bit that I was responsible for and I just put it off. I mean, it was done, the bathroom was usable, but the the trim just wasn't finished with uh, filling the nail holes and painting it all over again so it all looked amazing. And, and then we had some nicks on the walls and I wanted to redo, to redo the walls. So I put it off. It was an important project, 
but it wasn't urgent. And there were other things that I had going on in the summer that were a little bit more urgent, some other projects I wanted to do. So I let it go a couple of months. And every now and then my wife would remind me and say, hey, do you have that uh, project schedule to, to do that painting in the bathroom to finish it up? And I said, no, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to get that on the schedule and I'll do that here sometime soon. And then, you know, time went on and time went on. It was important, but it wasn't urgent. And so I kept putting it off. But one thing I discovered uh, later was that, you know, it really took up some emotional space. It took up some mental space. It was like an open loop or an un done to do on my list. And so I just let that like sit there and linger a long time. And I didn't realize until later that it was, it was taking energy. It was taking time. It was causing frustration for my wife and even for myself uh, that I let this go so long. And then one day in mid to late September, she reminded me that her parents were coming uh, at the very end of September uh, for like a week's, uh, week's visit. And they were coming just before I was about to leave. Uh, I was leaving to go out of town the same day that they would be leaving then. So they were coming just before my trip to Charlotte, North Carolina for John Stange's Platform Launchers live event. And so there were some projects and things I wanted to get done business-wise before I went to that event. But then my wife has reminded me, hey, could you get this project done before my parents come? That would sure be great. And you know, all of a sudden I started to feel a lot of stress because now I felt like, okay, here is this important but not urgent project that now all of a sudden is becoming very urgent. And I had other things I had planned to do in this week leading up to me leaving and when her, before her parents were coming even, because I knew when they're visiting, you know, I don't want to be spending a lot of time doing uh, things that would take me away from the family time, you know. So, all of a sudden, I didn't feel any stress for months in getting this project done, and now there's huge stress. And I've got no one to blame but myself because I put it off way too long. And then my wife just simply said, hey, could we get this done before my parents come? And so all of a sudden then I decide I've got to scramble and I've got to get this done. And it didn't really take as long as I thought it was going to take. I mean, it took some time because... Um, you know, I needed to fill those holes and then sand them and then refill them again or then prime them and then to realize, okay, well, I didn't quite fill these holes as much as they could have because you, sometimes you don't know until you prime it. Uh, then you realize, okay, I missed some sanding or whatever. So had to go over things a, f a few times to get it to look just right. And then I had a, to caulk all along where the wood trim met the, the, uh, the drywall and, and uh, all of that. So it was not bad. It did not take terribly long, uh, a couple of days, you know, working a few hours here, a few hours there, then dry time in between. Um, and, it, and it felt so great to finally have it done. And then I look back and I ask myself, why did I put that off for so long? Uh, it was an important task, but it wasn't urgent and I could have gotten it done so much sooner, but I just kept putting it off and, and I didn't realize that it just, it took up a lot of space in my mind. And it created angst and pressure and uh, some frustration on the part of my wife and others as well. And so in 2023, I've decided I want to get better at planning and scheduling those important but not urgent things and dealing with them sooner before they become super urgent. I think I'll enjoy a bit more freedom in my physical and mental space as a result. 
So I just wonder, have you experienced something like that as well, where you can relate to uh, putting something off and then all of a sudden it became a big issue? And uh, or, or are you just awesome? at planning things and getting things done uh, in plenty of time. I'd love to get your feedback on that. If you want to let me know, uh, you can uh, go to our Facebook group and share any stories you might have at morethanapastor.com slash Facebook or uh, send me an email at rich at morethanapastor.com. Okay, and number four is this. The right mentor and the right community make all the difference. Entrepreneurship like ministry can be a lonely journey, but it doesn't have to be that way for you. I've discovered that many businesses fail when the owners feel like no one understands the unique struggles or challenges that they face and that they don't have anyone they can trust who can guide them through the next steps that they can take. Having the right mentor and surrounding yourself with the right community, I think makes all the difference. Have you ever heard this uh, saying that you you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with? I think it was Jim Rohn. He was like one of the OGs or one of the grandfathers of like personal development. I think it was him who said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So the point of it was, is to ask yourself, who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you surrounding yourself with people that you can count on to support you and cheer you on? People that are kind of on the same journey that you're on, people who understand you, who are maybe even a couple of steps ahead of you and are willing to turn around and help you succeed and get where you want to go. I'm a member of several communities like that, the 48 Days Eagles community hosted by Dan Miller. You've heard me talk about that quite a few times on this podcast. Platform Launchers hosted by my friend John Stange. Market Your Message, hosted by my friend uh, Jonathan Milligan, and Entree Pastors, hosted by my friends Les Hughes and John Sanders. These communities offer encouragement, support, and accountability, and sometimes even step-by-step guidance for some of the biggest challenges in launching my business and creating income uh, outside the church. And I believe there's power There's power in community. You've seen that in your church. There's power in inviting a group of people to come together, to build something together, to be involved in something bigger than ourselves, and in supporting and encouraging one another. And there's power in having someone else tell you that you're not crazy, that you're not alone, that you're not wrong in wanting to create more for your family. So in 2023, I'm doubling down on the number, not in the number of communities I'm in, I'm doubling down on the communities I'm in. And I want to engage more. I want to implement more of the things I'm learning. And I want to see how can I add value to others in the groups? How can I be like the one of the top people in those groups to encourage and support others and to take action on what I'm learning? That is one of my goals here for 2023. And with that, I'm launching my own community, the More Than a Pastor community, where pastors can get support and encouragement. They can get tips, they can share ideas and get feedback, and they can move forward toward building and growing uh, their own business or side hustle to create income outside the church to provide more for their family. It's a place to get support and encouragement uh, for each other on this journey to creating income outside the church. And I'd love for you to be a part of it. If you haven't done so yet, why don't you go to morethanapastor.com slash Facebook and you can join that group today.
So these are four key learnings I've had in 2022, things that I am bringing with me into 2023. And I just wonder, do any of these resonate with you? Have you had experience in any of these or are any of these uh, things that you want to bring with you into 2023 as well? Or what else would you put on your list? Please let me know. I'd love for you to share it in the Facebook group or to send me an email. And if growing your income is one of your goals for 2023, why don't you join me in that More Than a Pastor community on Facebook and let's pursue those goals together. Again, you can join today at morethanapastor.com slash Facebook. Well, that's it for today's show. Until next time, remember that you are more than a pastor. Saying yes to God's call doesn't mean you have to say yes to feeling stuck, broke, or unfulfilled in your life and ministry. Let's work together and help you create the life, impact, and income that you were made for.